from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. I want to talk to you about a question that you probably wrestle with, whether you verbalize it or not. When you see these images and you, uh, you feel sad, right? You, you hate all that, but, but well, you, you wonder, what can you do? You want to help for real, but how? Today, I want to encourage you that you can because there is a very doable how. You can make a difference. You can change the world, and you don't have to leave your neighborhood to do it. You can change the world by loving where you live. That's what we're talking about in this short teaching series. Uh, Last week, we started talking about loving where you live. We tried to answer this question, who is our neighbor, because of what Jesus said is the greatest commandment. Uh, We find it in Mark chapter 12. Jesus asked, hey, oh, there's so many commandments, so many things God asks of us. What's the most important? Here's his answer. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. He said, Love God, love your neighbor. That, that's it. That's what it's all about. Love God, love your neighbor. That's life. That's what he wants. But honestly, uh, a lot of Christians love God. Maybe, may, Hopefully, they, they love God. But they don't really love their neighbor. They may not even know their neighbors. And we learned last week that your neighbor expands beyond uh, the people who live next door. We need to love whoever God puts in our lives. And that is not optional. It's part of the greatest commandment, Jesus says. But but a lot of Jesus' followers act like it is optional. And I think Jesus would say to us what he said in uh, Luke 6, 46. He said, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And it's, it's time for us to do what Jesus says to love our neighbors, to love where we live, to make a difference and impact people's lives with the ultimate hope that they will come to know Jesus through us. That's what Jesus wants for your life. That's why he gave us a mission. If you are a follower of Jesus, the day you decided, I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to follow Jesus, this is the mission that you signed up for. Jesus says in Matthew 28, says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, go. Go. This is not about what happens in the church building. This is about what happens when you leave the church building. It's what happens with your neighbors and friends and coworkers. Jesus says, make disciples. Uh, A disciple is someone who follows someone else, learning a way of life from them. Your mission is to help people to know and follow Jesus. And he says, when they know and decide to follow Jesus, baptize them 
and teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Teach them the, the bigger, better way of life I have for them. Jesus gives us a mission, and there's a promise. You see that? He said, I will be with you. Like, as you engage in this mission, I will always be with you. And we want that, right? We, we, we want to do what Jesus commanded. We want to love God. We want to love our neighbors. We want to, to, to make disciples, to help people find and follow Jesus. We want to make a difference, make an impact in people's lives. I think we're just not sure how, right? Like, okay, but what do I do? How do I love my neighbor? What we need, I think, is a, a strategy. And so today I want to give you one. It's a strategy for doing what Jesus commanded, for loving your neighbor. And again, your neighbor might be the person who lives next to you or the person who sits next to you at work or the parent who sits next to you at, the kids, at your kid's game or the kid who sits next to you in math class. We need a strategy that will work because uh, we tend to have fear about this. And our fear leads us to make excuses, right? We start thinking, well, man, man sure, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to tell people about Jesus, but I don't think I can. I mean, I can't share Jesus. I'm not very good at that. I'm not, I'm not the salesman type, and I, I can't because my life isn't a very good example. And, and also, like, if, if they ask me questions, I, I wouldn't know the answers to their questions. I, I just wouldn't know what to say. What we fear because we feel like we have to go into sales mode, right, and have this perfect presentation that can win over a person who's not interested in what we're selling. No wonder we're nervous. But that's not the way it needs to be. That's not the way it's supposed to be. There is a better way. So what if instead of thinking of it like uh, we have to sell something to someone, our approach was to bless people, to be a blessing? And what if we had a simple, natural doable strategy for blessing people that wasn't something we had to add to our lives, but instead was something that fit in and flowed out of our everyday life? And what if that strategy for being a blessing could actually lead people to know Jesus, to, to, to become a follower of his, a disciple? There is a way to do that. And I think it's going to help us overcome our fear and really love where we live. So, uh, this strategy of being a blessing, it's not new. Uh, God told it to his people in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. In chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, he says, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God says, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. We are not blessed for our our own selfish game. We're blessed to be a blessing. And we're going to use that word bless as an acronym to help us remember this simple, doable, daily strategy to, to bless people in a way that influences their lives for Jesus. Okay? So the B in B-L-E-S-S, bless, stands for begin in prayer. Instead of being um, self-manufactured and self-driven, we're going to begin in prayer so that this is God-initiated and God-fueled. We're going to pray daily that God will give us opportunities to be a blessing. Why begin with prayer? 
Well, because it invites God into your effort to have influence for him. But honestly, that's not really necessary. Because God cares more about the people he's put into your life than you do. And God is already at work in their lives. So maybe it's not so much us inviting God in as us recognizing that God's already involved. Also, it invites God to use you. You, you pray for opportunities. Like, like you could pray uh, each morning, God, who are you going to put my life to bless today? And God, for each of those people, how can I bless them today? But I think maybe the best reason to begin with prayer is because it should help us overcome our fear. How? Because when I pray, I realize, and this is about God, not me. Think about those excuses we make for why we can't do this, right? I can't share Jesus because I'm not very good at that. I'm not the salesman type. I can't because my, my life isn't a good enough example. I can't talk about my faith because I wouldn't know what to say. I can't tell people about Jesus because I wouldn't know how to answer their questions. Do you notice the common word in all of those reasons? I. That's why these excuses don't hold up because, and this is really good news, I don't lead people to Jesus. God does. Now, I have a part to play. I get to share Jesus with people, but I can't lead a person to Jesus. God does that. So, so I don't need to worry if I can do it exactly right or if I know quite the right words. I just do my part the best I can, and I trust God that he will lead people to Jesus through my efforts. That's why we begin in prayer. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're going to use a blessed strategy. The B in blessed stands for begin in prayer. The L stands for listen. Listen. The best way to be a blessing, to, to help people who are far from God, get close to God, is to lead with love. Why? Because, man, seeing God's love in you will make them more open to God's love. We're, we're going to lead with love. And love is spelled listening. And people... They feel loved when you give them your attention, when they know that you care. So in your relationship with this person, whether it's your neighbor, the person next to you at the soccer kid's soccer game or whatever, uh, as you develop a new relationship with a person, you're just going to ask lots of questions. You can do that, right? That's not scary. You're going to ask questions. And you should do that because you care about this person. I mean, God cares about every detail of our friends' lives. Shouldn't we? And every question, every uh, conversation we have deepens our relationship. And every question makes it more natural for us to talk about all kinds of things. You know what's interesting? Christians have the reputation for always wanting to talk and get their point across. But when you look at the example of Jesus, you see that he was known for asking questions, often uh, questions that provoke spiritual curiosity. In fact, check this out. Um, Jesus, in, in the four books of the Bible about his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are called the Gospels, uh, Jesus was asked 183 questions in the Gospels. He directly answered three of the 183, but we see him asking 307 questions. And maybe we need to be more like Jesus in that way. So ask questions and listen. You, you can ask just simple questions. Where'd you grow up? 
What was your family like growing up? Was your family religious growing up? What, what, what was that like for you? Hey, what are you passionate about? What's your spiritual background? Do you ever wonder about God? What, what thoughts do you have about God? If you could do anything, anything, what would you do? Just questions. These questions invite people to talk about their own experiences and their, uh, their deeper desires in a, in a non-threatening way. And, and those, those questions, those conversations can, can be an on-ramp to really important spiritual conversations. So you're going to ask questions and not just ask, really listen. Like, and listening shows a person that you value them, that you care about what they think, that their story matters to you. And it does. I mean, you're talking to someone who God loves and who God wants to have a relationship with and who Jesus died for. So look this person in the eyes. Ask questions. Listen. Ask follow-up questions. And, and listen, you don't have to correct anything or, um, or fix things you disagree with. You just trust God with that. He, he can do that. Your job is to just be curious and interested and through that to communicate God's love, to love where you live. When you ask questions, you are leading with love. As you listen, you're learning more about them. It will grow and it will, it will deepen your relationship. So will the E in bless, which is eat. So eat, okay, I can do this, right? I'm, I'm, we're good at this, okay? This isn't so hard. So eating with someone does more than just get food into our bodies. It creates a bond, right? Eating with someone is a sign of friendship. In fact, um, do you know that the big issue that the religious leaders of Jesus' time had with Jesus was that he ate with sinners. Look at Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 15. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Man, they were just shocked, flabbergasted, uh, offended that he ate with sinners. Now, the reality is we're all sinners. But they, these religious leaders, they didn't think of themselves that way. They thought uh, that they, that, that uh, like only people who were, were um interested in God were important and worthwhile. People who weren't interested in God or didn't live out godly values were sinners. And, and they were shocked that Jesus ate with sinners because they knew that eating communicates friendship. And Jesus tells them, yeah, exactly. That's why I came, to be friends with sinners. And Jesus was called the friend of sinners. He was friends with people who were very far from God. How about you? You know, uh, so many Christians find great friends in their church, and eventually 
all their friends are Christians. They only spend time with Christians. Those friendships are important, but we need to follow Jesus' example in being friends with people who don't believe. God has blessed us to be a blessing. So people come to find and follow Jesus. To, to do that, we eat with them. So invite a coworker out for lunch. Invite a neighbor over for dinner. Maybe do something intentional and strategic around the holidays. Could you invite your neighbors over for a Halloween party before trick-or-treating or after trick-or-treating? Or, or um, could you invite your neighbors over for dessert on Thanksgiving Day? Hey, you know, eat, eat dinner, but man, we'd love to have you come over for some pie after dinner. So, I don't know. We, we, we eat with and we serve them. The first S and B-L-E-S-S stands for serve. In our selfie world, when you serve selflessly, people will notice. They'll be drawn to that. It will break down negative stereotypes they might have about Christians. It'll lead them to ask questions about why are you so different? So look for opportunities to serve them. And they, they mention that they're flying out of town. You say, hey, do you need a ride to the airport? They mentioned that they're painting their living room this weekend. I could come over and help you. And it is the it is amazing the the influence you can have by serving people. We have so many cool stories from forever. People have done this. Um, one of my favorites is um, Jacob. Is a guy who's on our staff. He moved here straight out of college. He was 21 years old, I think. Um, and he moved here to do an internship with our church. Lived in this little apartment complex, little apartment. And he finds out that his neighbor is this elderly blind woman. And 21-year-old Jacob starts, and, and he didn't even mention this. The only reason I found out is because one time I was like, hey, on Friday we're doing something. Do you want to do it with us? And he's like, oh, I can't. I'm like, why not? He's like, I do something on Fridays. I'm like, Friday's your day off because Friday's our day off. And I said, what do you do? What are you doing? And 21-year-old Jacob, every Friday, took his elderly blind neighbor out for lunch and grocery shopping for her. That's how you love where you live. In all of this, uh, listening, uh, making it obvious that we really care, eating with the person, building that relationship, serving them, in all of it, what we're doing is we're showing people Jesus. And if we show people Jesus, it will give us opportunity to share Jesus. Like we're told in First Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. The idea is, man, we don't argue people into faith. You love people into the faith. When you live different, people will notice and eventually they'll ask. When they do, you get to, in a gentle and respectful way, share Jesus with them. Listen, if, if we try to argue with people and tell them that we're right and their lives are wrong and incomplete, no one's... No one's going to want to listen to that. But if we're a blessing, 
If we pray for people and listen to them and eat with them and serve them, they're going to be curious. They'll ask. And when they do, you can share Jesus with them. That's why the second S, the last letter in bless, stands for story. You can share your story, uh, your Jesus story, the story of how you came to faith and what God has done in your life. And hearing a person's story is powerful. People can argue with what you believe about Jesus, but they can't argue about your story. So share your Jesus story. It's like, your Jesus story is, this is what my life was like. This is how I met Jesus and came to faith. This is what Jesus has done in my life. Simple. You share your Jesus story. You can also share Jesus' story. And you don't have to be an expert on it, especially because you've already been a blessing to this person. You've already shown this person God's love, and so they're going to be open to listening to you. And so you just explain it in simple terms. God loves you. Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you. God is inviting you into a relationship. Pretty simple, right? God loves you. Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you. God's inviting you into a relationship. You can say that. You can do that. Or... Uh, you could choose to share a story that Jesus told that helps people understand Jesus' story. So like one, um, Jesus told a story about a sheep that gets lost from a shepherd. The shepherd goes out searching for the sheep. In fact, he'll do anything to get the sheep back. And when he does, he's so happy, he throws a party. And Jesus said that that sheep is you. And he's the shepherd. He is searching for you. He won't stop until he finds you. He wants to bring you home to a relationship with God and someday to heaven. You could do that, right? You tell your story, you tell Jesus' story, and it will work. When you do this, you're going to be shocked at how open this person, how receptive they are, because you led with love, because you've already been a blessing, because you use this B-L-E-S-S strategy. Begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, story. This is who Jesus called his followers to be. This is who we are. If we live this way, we could turn the places God puts us in upside down, one person at a time. And if you live here in Vegas, uh, you have a great opportunity to live out some of that this week. uh, Because next Sunday, we're starting a brand new teaching series called God for the Rest of Us. It's a great series for your friends who don't go to church, who aren't sure that God is for them. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about God is for the hurting, how he can help you when you're hurting. So no matter where you live, invite your friends. Hey, watch this with me next week online. But if you're here in Vegas, we're also that day having a Halloween party in our parking lot. We're going to have like food trucks, inflatables, uh, trunk or treating for kids. Kids kind of go car to car and get candy. They can wear their costumes. They'll get loads of candy. Get people here to birth. If you live in Vegas, invite your friends. They will love it. Right now, let's pray that we actually do this, that we live out this blessed strategy, and that we start this week by inviting people to birth next week. All right? Let's pray. God, thanks. Um, thanks for being a God who wants to make a difference with our lives, that wants us to have impact and influence on others. And our lives are are valuable. They're important because of that. God, I pray that you would help us to engage with, to, to adopt this blessed strategy, because if we do this, we can impact people. 
We don't have to be great salesmen. We don't have to be great speakers. We just need to love people and be a blessing to them. And if we do that, God, we'll see lives changed. God, thanks that you want to do that through us. Help us to commit to doing this. We pray in Jesus' name.